moment in my whole ministry. And I'm in ministry for almost 36 years. Uh, the things that's happening at the moment, you probably only see once in a lifetime, if you do see it once in a lifetime. Uh, the leaders that is involved is just outstanding. And uh, I want you to believe with me and run with me in this, in this, in what God is doing at the moment. Uh, like I said, I, I have so much information, I cannot share it with you in one time. Let us spend a few minutes in the Word um, and um, thank you for your support. I hope I'm not one of those ministries that comes to your church with too much of a burden. Uh, I wish I just had an ordinary, simple ministry that only needs uh, $20 a week. And so I don't even need to talk about money. But uh, how, much you, how many of you realize that without blood, you cannot live your life? Um, how many of you need blood in your body to... Come on. If you lose too much blood, you lose your life. It's the same with this economic world. We need finances. To, to Finances is, is, is like the life. It's like the thing that we need to make things work. Everybody say unstoppable. Who is that? That's you. You are unstoppable. I think sometimes we do not have a, a, a pure and a healthy perspective of who we are in Jesus Christ. We are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. And uh, maybe I'm going to minister to myself this morning because I'm in the middle of uh, the, the greatest financial challenge with all these leaders flying in all over the world. But, but the more I think about it, I just hear the Holy Spirit whisper into my ear, you're unstoppable. Because when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're unstoppable. And I want to say to Hebrew Springs, you are part of a family, uh, the minority, but a family of churches that is unstoppable. And I think that through the upper room, we're going to start to link these churches together. Now, that is just a word that rings in my spirit, unstoppable. And I'm going to maybe use one or two scriptures to, um, to just stir your hearts this morning. Um, I love this church. I love Pastor Brown. I love what you do. I love the spirit amongst these people. This is a great gathering of people in the middle of nowhere, but the, you've got a name for it. It's called Hebrew Springs. And uh, <laughs> I heard from Shane last night, there's so many springs in Arkansas, but I just know two hot springs and Hebrew Springs. Maybe I will learn to know more of, the, of all the springs here in, in, in Arkansas. When you, when you look at the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, you think of a man that is unstoppable because um, even today we still read. Pastor Brown just quoted scriptures from, from what Paul said. He was a man that was unstoppable. But what made him unstoppable? Uh, it is the Holy Spirit. Now, you can have a certain temperament that will make you a dangerous person, but you are the, at your best when God can take your temperament and wrap it in the Holy Ghost and that will make a dynamic person of, uh, or a leader. Um, when you look at Acts chapter 16, and, and I'm just going to use this as a little bit of an introduction. Uh, I don't really have a specific order how I'm going to minister this. I could even add some scriptures if, if the Lord leads me to. But in Acts chapter 16, you will find Paul sitting in a prison. Uh, and you know the story how Paul and Silas were singing hymns unto the Lord. And, and how the Bible says, and suddenly there was an earthquake. Uh, and when the earthquake came, the Bible says it shook the foundations of the prison. Um, and uh, it released Paul and Silas. Now, why did that, that happen? 
Because in that prison, Paul was sitting there, and you can find this in Acts 16, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, verse 26, that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everybody's chains were loosed. Now, why did that happen? Because um, uh, to a certain degree, we are all the Apostle Paul. We all have a certain, we, we, we live the life that Paul lived, and sometimes you and I will end up in a prison. But why did the Holy Spirit showed up and shook the foundation of that prison? It doesn't say the Holy Spirit shook the foundation of the whole nation. It just says the prison. Why? Because in the prison, there was a man sitting that had a mandate upon his life. And when you have a mandate upon your life, the Holy Spirit will know where you are and he will get you out. How many of you agree that the Holy Spirit know where you are and he will get you out? Come on, that's how important you are for God. Now, I don't want to talk about power, authority, and mandate because that all comes out of the whole book of Acts. But in chapter 16, we have Paul, the Apostle Paul. He, he, he was about to write two-thirds of the New Testament sitting in a prison, and, and, he, and he was in captivity singing hymns. Uh, earthquake shook the foundations of the prison, and he was released. Why? Because God needs Paul in the future. And, and, and I want to use that and say to this church and to you as an individual that don't settle for the defeat. And, and, and even when you're in a prison, don't, don't think that's where you're going to die. There's many negative things that happen in, in our lives uh, that it doesn't mean that's the end of our life. How many of you want to be honest that there was a few times in your life that you thought you're going to die and here you are, you're still alive? Why? Because you're a person of mandate. You have a purpose in your life. And we all have a mandate. Now, I know some of you will say, well, Pastor Andre, I'm not the Apostle Paul, and I, I will probably not be so lucky that God will send an earthquake just for me. Well, your mandate, your mandate is not my mandate. But together we have a corporate mandate. So, so here you have Paul. The prison doors open up. The Bible says, and Paul called with a loud voice in verse 28. Now, there's another translation. That's my translation. It says, Paul became Pentecostal. You got that one. The <laughs> Bible says he called with a loud voice. That's a proof to me that he was a semester God because he was noisy. And uh, he called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. So what happened here is he's stopping the guards and he's saying to them, don't harm yourself. You see, when you have a mandate upon your life, you're in control. Because when the doors flung open, he did not run away. He was still there. He just sat there. And never allow your circumstances, the moment God brings a release, don't run away. Be in control even when God opened the doors and show the world you were in control when the doors were not open and you're in control now that the doors is open. And what happened here is this man came to Paul and said, what shall I do to be saved? And, and I love that. We are in a day where the world will see the power of Jesus Christ and they will literally come and ask us for salvation. Um, when you look at um, Acts chapter 27, you will find the beautiful story of Paul that were on the ship and they were without food and how Paul uh, said to the people on the ship that uh, you should have listened to me. We should not have sailed uh, to Crete. And then Paul said to them in verse 22, I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss among you, but only of the ship. 
And then Paul said, For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord who, whom, whom, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. So here, here you have Paul. He's in chapter 27. He's on a ship that they were not supposed to be on. How many of you agree with me that sometimes you and I do things that we were not supposed to do, but then God graciously comes and he gets us out? Come on, aren't you glad that God is still God and he still cares for you even when you make stupid decisions? Amen. I've got one brother that agreed that he made some, some dumb decisions. The rest of you just lied because you, we, we've all done that. Amen. Now, so, so, so the Bible, Paul says, there stood by me tonight an angel. And watch what Paul says. He says, and the angel said to Paul, you must stand before Caesar. Why? Because he has a mandate. So the angel is actually saying to Paul, although you're in a storm, your life counts so much. You have so much, you have so, there's such a mandate upon your life that God says he needs you to stand before Caesar in the future and he cannot allow the storm to take you out. And I want to say to all of you, you're unstoppable because the mandate upon your life is so important to God that God says not every storm is, can, can take you out because I will get you through it uh, because you have a Caesar appointment. How many of you believe that you have a prophetic appointment with the future and no devil can take you out? Come on. You know, we, 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 we need to realize who we are in Christ Jesus. And then Paul said to these uh, men on the ship, and there were 276 men on that ship. You can read it in that chapter. And the angel said to Paul, and I have granted you all the men who sail with you. Now watch this. The Bible doesn't say, Paul, and I will, sail, I will, I will save your life because of 276 men that you sail with. He says, no, I will save their life because they sail with you. Come on. It's not Paul sailing with 276 men. It's 276 men sailing with Paul. No, there's a key there. God said to the man of mandate on the ship. Come on, there was one man on the ship that had a mandate from heaven. And because of one man that had a mandate from heaven, God rescued 276 others. Make sure you connect yourself to the right church. Make sure you connect yourself to the right leaders. Because if you connect it to a man and a woman of mandate, you will be included in the corporate blessing that rests upon that man's life. Come on, church. Somebody say, we are unstoppable. Now, that's why, that's why church, um, I am very particular where I go and who I connect myself to. The, the, the leaders that we have in the round table this Friday morning is movers and shakers. Uh, and um, there will be women amongst us. I have a church planter from London that planted a church there. He's got a big Bible school in London and now he's planting a church in Houston. He will be there. I've got the appeal to heaven leader in America. He will be there. I have the national coordinator of United Cry that has brought four, five, and six 
600,000 people to the mall, the Lincoln Memorial, he will be there. There are movers and shakers that is decided it's not about one denomination. It's about the kingdom of God. And when that kind of mandate comes together, everybody that link themselves to that mandate will benefit. And I want to say to Hebrew Springs, you will be represented Friday morning in that room just because I know you, you will benefit from what comes out of that meeting. Thank you for your overwhelming excitement and don't shout me down and please sit down. So, God said, God says, I have granted you the life of 276 men. What am I saying to you? The storm that's coming to America will not take us out. And church, if you think Trump is the storm, you've got a very—you are so wrong. It's not about Trump. Oh, and the war is not over. The war has just begun. And, but America as a nation has a mandate upon her life. This church has a mandate upon her life. Lee Brown has a mandate upon her, his life. But we all need to come in harmony with one another. And that's why I'm so excited about this day. And that's why I need churches like you to come behind me and help me like never before. Because we're going to give the devil a hell of a time. And that is not even a curse word. Do you know that the devil, do you know that God made hell for Satan? He never made hell for you. So why do you want to go to a place that God never intended you to go to? So uh, it's about time. Now, church, uh, I, 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 better, I, I, better, I better watch myself here because I, I want to come back next year if, if possible. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll calm myself down. Amen. Will that be okay? Amen. No, you don't want me to calm down. Okay. So, so, so here, uh, and that's a phenomenal story. And then you know what happened in chapter 28. But let's not go to chapter 28. Let's go to another chapter completely back into the Old Testament. And, and we're going to look at un, being unstoppable. Why are are we unstoppable because we are a dangerous people we are filled with the holy ghost and, and, and it's about time that we get a new perspective of who we are in christ we are not a pushover and i want to say to the whole world america is not a pushover country America has a mandate, and there's two reasons why, why God is going to help this nation. Number one, we are the nation that's going to spread the gospel to the end of the earth like never before. Uh, and number two, Israel. Uh, thank God we've got somebody now that understands how important Israel is to America. That's the two reasons why God bless America. He blesses America because 80% of all missions money that was ever given in the ever given came out of this nation. And, and the second reason is Israel. That's the two things. And that is the mandate that is upon America, the gospel and Israel. And when we come in alignment with those two pillars, guess what's going to happen? No storm will take America out. And that includes all the enemies. And there's a lot of them. Uh, isn't it amazing that in the last two months, all of a sudden, we see a manifestation of the man in bronze. Who is the man in bronze? The man in bronze is j the giant. Oh, let me not go there. Let me rather stay with this. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm so excited because uh, some people are now fearful and some people are afraid of what's coming. No, sir. Uh, uh, how many of you realize when you, when you pat the devil on his back and you give him everything he wants, he will just quiet down? But the moment you rub him up the wrong way, he's, he will show his true colors. 
So what you're seeing at the moment in America is the enemy showing his true colors because for too long he has been treated like a little pet and nobody has addressed him. But now the Lord says the time has come that we're going to say what is black is black and what is white is white and what is wrong is wrong and what is right is right. We're not going to make right wrong and wrong right. We're not, we're not confused. We know what is sin and we know what sin is not supposed to be and we're going to live for the truth. Amen? And that's why the, when the enemy gets, uh, uh, gets upset, that's a sign somebody is doing the right thing. Am I preaching good? And it's not about preaching. I'm just saying. Okay. Calm down, brother. Calm down. Oh, if I can just calm this guy down in me. Woo! Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We're talking about we are a people that are unstoppable. Now, Exodus chapter 1, another great story. And I'm just going to summarize it to you. Um, how many of you realize when, you, when you're a father and you have a lot of sons and daughters, you can just walk in and you don't say much, but everybody respects you. I feel like a father uh, that's with my family. And, and I'm just here to tell you a few things. I'm not here to impress you. My dad never had to impress me. He can just walk into the room and I would just say, man, he's here. He doesn't need to say much, but he's here. And, um, and I'm just here to, to come and just voice into your life and say to you, it's okay. God says nobody will stop you. The devil is not in control, and you're going to make it. Exodus 1, um, God was in need of a leader. Moses was about to be born. And you will find Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, he made a law, and he basically said kill all the Hebrew boys. The reason he did that is because even Pharaoh who had a crown in the form of a snake on his head, knew that God is going to raise up somebody from the Jewish people that's going to threaten his kingdom. Isn't it amazing that the devil sometimes know more about what's coming in the future than some Christians? So what did, the, what did he do? He made a law and he says, kill the Hebrew boys. You cannot, you cannot make a law and think you're going to destroy the plan of God. There's no law. You can make all the laws in the world. You cannot destroy the church. You cannot stop the church. It's impossible. The more pressure you put on the church, the faster the church grow. Oh, yeah. So, so he made this law, and he says, kill all the Hebrew boys. And, uh, and it says there, Therefore God dealt with the midwives, and the people multiplied, and they grew very mightily. And so it was because the midwives feared God that, that, he, that, that he provided households for them. So there the Bible talks about the midwives and how they protected the Jewish boys when they were born. And, and listen to this, the Bible says, and God supplied it for the households of the midwives. If you protect the plan of God, God will protect you. Can I tell you what? The seed that you sow into this ministry this week is for your own protection. Because what we are doing now is so close to the heart of Jesus. It's one of the things that's the closest to the heart of Jesus that I've ever done in 36 years of ministry. Because this is the last thing I ever wanted to do. Because it's a lot of money that's involved. A lot of responsibility and a lot of walking by faith. Come on. When you work with leaders, you work with people that know it all. But God has a remnant of leaders that says, it's not how big my church is anymore. Church 5,500 Atlanta just said, I just got a t the, the live recording this morning from Pastor Randy Valamont and 
Atlanta Church of 5,500. I asked him last night, last night on Little Rock Airport. I texted him. I said, can you give me a live recording? Because he cannot be in Houston Friday, but Ron Crum will, Dr. Ron Crum will be there that will represent him this morning just after 7. Here comes the live recording of a man that has that kind of church. And he says, tell them I'm in. And tell them we need to move fast now. And tell them my church is open for a great awakening. That's the kind of day we're in. We have men that will be like midwife that will protect the plan of God. Now, so you know the story how Moses was born. Chapter 2, he grew up and the mother of Moses took him, put him in the river. Because, and she put him in a little, uh, a little ark that was made out of asphalt. And there's another ugly word in there. I don't even know what it meant. Doubted it with asphalt and pitch. All I know that the stuff that she put on the little ark had a bad smell. It had a very bad smell. Sometimes God wrapped his greatest plan in a bad smell. Come on, how many of you were wrapped in bad smell at least once in your life? Sometimes when you go through a bad season and you're wrapped in bad smell, God is actually protecting you. Now, so what happened here is Pharaoh's daughter came to the river. She found him there. And when she found little Moses in the river, uh, uh, the Bible says uh, she had compassion on him. And then she said, this is one of the Hebrew children, verse 6. You can see it in verse 6, she says. The Bible says she had compassion on him. And then she identified him. She first had compassion, then she identified. By the time that she identified that this is a Hebrew boy, she already loved him. God will sometimes make the devil fall in love with a plan of God, not knowing it's the wrong one he just fell in love with. Come on. Come on. Somebody say, I'm, un I'm un unstoppable. Now, now, we all think that now that Moses is in the hand of Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh had a crown in the form of a snake, this, something has gone wrong now. Oh, pastor, we're in trouble because little Moses just fell in the hands of the daughter of Pharaoh, the snake. Uh, he, he's going to die. But the Bible says she had compassion for him. What happened? The mother put him in the river. She stood on the side there. Somebody said to Pharaoh's daughter, can we get you a nurse from the the Hebrew woman to come and take care of this little boy what did she do she said yes the Dutch Bible said yes she gave God's plan a yes Pharaoh's own daughter said yes to God's plan <laughs> watch this what did they do they ran off to Moses's mother and they says hey ma'am are you Jewish yeah I'm Jewish man uh, Pharaoh's daughter found a little boy in the river you will not believe believe me they th they said that's a Jewish little boy I don't know how Pharaoh's daughter knew that he's Jewish but according to Pharaoh's daughter you know Pharaoh the guy with the the, the, the crown like a snake uh, I mean you Jewish you will not understand but you know uh, well they found this little boy in the river would you be interested to adopt that little boy and just take care of the boy for the sake of Pharaoh's daughter guess what she came and she got her son back they never knew they asked the mother of the very boy that was put in the river to take care of her own child now watch this pharaoh's daughter said to this jewish lady oh jewish lady man this is a little jewish uh, uh, boy uh, my father said that we should kill all the hebrew boys but you know what i love this one <laughs> this one i like this one she 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 knew about facebook pharaoh's daughter that's why she said i like him she gave him a like on facebook and uh, anyway so 
So she said to Moses' mother, she said to, hey, and I will pay you wages if you raise him for me. I've got a lot of money because my father, Pharaoh, he gives me a lot of money. I'm his daughter. So can, can, will you raise this one? So what happened here is Pharaoh now is going to finance God's plan, not knowing it's the wrong one he's going to finance because Moses is the one that's going to come back and bite him in the future. Somebody say, I'm unstoppable. Say, I'm unstoppable. Okay, you're not excited enough for me, so I'll calm down. I just came out of a prophetic conference last week in New York, and I had some people there. Man, they, I have some African-Americans there. They preach back at me when I preach too strong. They become so vocal, and when they become vocal, then I go to another level. How many of you realize? So if you can do that to me this week, we're going to go to a level. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for your excitement. It's really overwhelming. Amen. It's too late now. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to Exodus chapter 7. Now, in Exodus chapter 7, I just want to find the verse here. When you look at Exodus chapter 7, verse 7, I just want to show you something in verse 7. It says there, and Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 years old. So here you have Moses now. He's now 80 years old. In chapter 2, he was a little boy in the river. So between chapter 2 and chapter 7, there's about 80 years. Aaron is 83 years old. So here, here they are. They, they, they belong to a nursing home now. But you know what? When you have mandate upon your life... Age become irrelevant. Come on, church. When you have men, I'll be 65 in July, and my ministry is now getting more intense than ever before. I said to the Lord the other day, I said, Jesus, what's going on? The older I get, the more intense the ministry become, the more responsibility. I don't know where it's going to end when I'm 80 years old. I hope you will still bring me in for a meeting at least once. I will just do one meeting at that time on a Sunday. Thank you for your excitement. Really, your excitement is really incredible in this church. It's really, oh my goodness. Okay, don't talk back to me. I'm the speaker here, okay? Exodus chapter 7. <laughs> Rather, don't do anything. Just laugh and just clap hands, okay? I love you guys. I always do that with somebody that does that. Watch what God says to Moses and Aaron. In chapter 7, verse 1, he says, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. He said to him, 80 years old, he says, I have made you as God. He doesn't say, I have made you God. He said, I have made you as God. That's why I say the anointing on the church is going to become so intense. Our, our authority is going to become so intense that the world will know when they meet the church, they've just met God. How will the world, how will they see God if they never see God in us? And that's what I'm saying to the leaders on Friday morning. It's time that we get our act together. It's time that we come out of our, our closets. And it's time that we take the staff in our hand. And it's time that we go to Pharaoh's palace and give him a piece of our mind. 
while our mind is so renewed, we will actually give them a piece of God's mind. Thank you. Okay. So verse 1 says, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Not like God, as God. I want you as God. Why are you unstoppable? Because you carry an authority and an anointing in you that makes you different than the world. Not better, just different. It's like the, the 300 men of Gideon. They were not better, they were just different. And when you're different, you can do things that ordinary people cannot do. That's why God had to send 31,700 of the men that were with Gideon. He had to send them back home. How many of you realize Gideon had 32,000 men? And then God says, you cannot, I cannot use all those men that's with you. So God said, let's send the rest just home, not hell. God never sent them to hell. God just send that, said to them, go sit at home and enjoy your wife and kids. Buy them candy. Do a McDonald's a Friday night. I cannot use you. You're good for home. Church, I don't want to be one of those. I want to be one of those that God will call in and say, I will make you as God. I will give you a face. I will give you a countenance. I will give you an authority. And I will send you to Pharaoh's palace. Church, 80 and 83 years old, you don't have physical strength. But you see what spiritual authority is not about physical strength. You can have an old man that can hardly walk that will have spiritual authority when the devil walks in. And you can have a bodybuilder that spent 10 hours a day in the gym that cannot heal the headache of a fly. Come on. That's why I don't gym. And, and that's why I, most of the time I have long sleeves shirts because I don't show muscles. I don't have anything to show. Come on. I'm just real. But man, I tell you what, I rather want authority in Jesus Christ. Let's not put too much of an emphasis on the flesh always. Amen. Okay. So th that's what he said of Moses and Aaron. So Moses is now 80 years old. He was in the river. He could have lost his life. Why? But he had a mandate upon his life. And because he had a mandate upon his life, he's the mandate on the life of Moses. And I don't have time to go into power, authority, and mandate. And I can teach on that probably for three services. But because he had a mandate upon his life, even Pharaoh's daughter could not do with him what she would have done with another boy that had no mandate upon his life. And when you are a church that has a mandate upon your life, when you are connected to a pastor that understands the apostolic prophetic and that has a mandate upon his life, you're in good territory. You are sailing with the right people. Be careful who you sail with. That will determine whether you will come out of the storm. Okay. So you shall speak and you shall command and you shall, an error and your brother shall, uh, 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 will be your prophet. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and I will multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Now, let's not go into that. God said to Moses and Aaron, he says, when you go there, I will multiply my signs. You see, God is the God of multiplication. The devil cannot multiply. He doesn't know how to multiply. Only God can multiply. And, and when he multiplies, there's always too much because his name is El Shaddai. That's why this, this all, wherever God is involved, there's always a, there should be always a surplus. I'm in a hole today, but I will not be in a hole by Saturday morning. 
He said, well, how do you have the boldness to say that you, are, you need about $18,000 from, I, I, I know who I serve. I'm in a hole this morning, but I will not be in a hole by Saturday morning when I'm finished with 70 leaders and great leaders from these nations, and we will go to Hong Kong, and we will go to Hong Kong again, and we will pay all those tickets, and we will have a breakthrough. Why? Because we serve the God of multiplication, and when we have mandate upon our life, no storm can take us out. And I, come on, church, and I pray that when you are 80 and 83 years old, you will stand before your Pharaoh and you will say, let God's people go. I will multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt, in the land of Egypt. I like that. There's so many thoughts that God has given me. I will multiply my signs in the land of Egypt. He said, some people say, well, I, cannot, I can only get a miracle in the church. No, God says, watch me when I'm in Egypt. He said, well, we need the right keyboard and we need the right atmosphere and just sit down and pray and, and oh, the right atmosphere and then we're going to get a miracle. God says, no, take me to Egypt without a keyboard, without an organ, without the right music and I will multiply my signs in the face of Satan himself. I want to say to you, when you don't have an organ, when you don't have a keyboard, when you don't have a pastor, when nobody's close to you, God says, I will multiply my signs in your, in your, greatest, in your greatest fight where you live every day, where you need to make a living every day. God says, that's where I am at my best. Some of you need to be so excited, you cannot wait to go back to your job tomorrow morning because that is the breeding ground of your next miracle. Okay, thank you. You're excited again. But Pharaoh will not heed you, and, uh, and, and, and then God is basically, he's basically preparing Moses and Aaron. He says, this is what Pharaoh will do, but this is what he will not do, and then I will do this. And God knows your enemy so well. He already knows the tantrums that he will throw in the future. He's giving Moses and Aaron instructions, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. That's what God said in verse 5. He says, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. The Egyptians shall know. Church, we have come to a threshold moment in the globe where God is preparing the earth for a showdown of power like we've never seen. And I'm telling you why the enemy is so angry is because the, angry, the devil is throwing his last tantrums because the church is about to rise up and take the staff of authority and say, let the fight begin and let us see once and for all who is God amen that's where we're going you are here in Hebrew Springs and you think you're not part of the globe you are if you don't know how to get out of Hebrew Springs I can show you a map I can help you I can show you how to fly out of here there's a bigger world out there come on wake up you Hebrew Springsers <laughs> or Springers let's not go into the word Springer that's not good Amen. Are you excited? I'm almost finished. I'm talking about unstoppable. We are unstoppable. That, that's all I'm doing. I, I, I just want to take my 
excitement, the, the heat that is, um, I, could, I could hardly sleep tonight. I was up early this morning, and when I'm texting, and I'm, I'm looking at uh, reports that's coming in, a life recordings, and I'm sending it to my office so that they can send it to Houston, and I'm just prepared. I'm so excited. Why? Because when, when God's people come together, oh man, something powerful is going to happen. The assemblies of God, the church of God, interdenominational leaders will all be represented in the upper room. But why? Because the upper room is not denominational. It is kingdom. It's all about the great kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, okay. 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 I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand and Moses and Aaron did so. And as the Lord commanded, and Moses was 80 and Aaron was 83 years old. So I love that. Oh, old men, old men on a mission strip. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh says, speaks, saying, Show a miracle for yourself, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. Amen? I, I saw a little cane there. Can I use that cane for a moment, ma'am? I hope I don't break it. Oh, Moses. Come on. So here, here they are. They stand in front of the palace of Pharaoh. If I break this, ma'am, I'll give you a new one. Is this very expensive? Take it out of my offerings, Pastor, and just buy a new one if I break this one, okay? Hallelujah. Don't, only, you can only take about $10 out of the offering for this, okay? It's even skewy. It's not even, oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just teasing. They stood in front of Pharaoh's palace with a rod. Now, I don't want to go too deep, and I don't want to give you too much revelation for one, for one service. When Moses and Aaron, a type of the apostolic prophetic, God himself said to, Mo, to Moses, Aaron will be the prophet. So if Aaron is the prophet, Moses was the key leader in Israel. He's the apostolic authority. Can you see the apostolic and the prophetic always walk together? And here they are, but they have a, they have a piece of wood in their hand. That speaks of the cross. I don't want to go too deep. That speaks of the cross. Here they stand in front of Pharaoh. They're old. So they don't make a great impression. And they have, they have this stick that wherever they walk. Have you ever seen old people when they walk? Irritating, amen? Not old people. I'm talking about the sound. <laughs> Separate the sound from the old people, okay? Old people is wonderful. Come on. <laughs> I, I, want you to, I want you to think put yourself in the skin of the devil put yourself in, in Pharaoh's palace and you are, you are mighty you have magicians you have magic books you can show you can, you can even do some signs that's what they did they're magicians they, they did signs you are in control you think you are just it you're the devil and here you have a sound outside your palace and you look through the window, and they say, oh, it's Moses and Aaron. You remember Pharaoh, that one that you never killed when he was in the river? His back. Why is Moses back after 80 years? Because he has a mandate upon his life, and you cannot kill him one day. Oh, come on, church. Say after me, I cannot die. Say it loud and clear. I cannot die one day before my time because I have 
mandate upon my life. Say, mandate makes me unstoppable. So here is Moses and Aaron. They're outside, and Pharaoh is there, and Pharaoh said, show me a sign. That's exactly what God told them. He's going to say, show me a sign. And what Aaron did, he threw the rod on the floor. You know the story. Read it for yourself. And the rod became a snake. Bible says now there is a snake fight. Read it. Because what happened? When the devil saw, when Pharaoh saw that the rod became a snake, he said to all his magicians, throw down your rods. They all had rods. And all their rods became a snake. So now they're even. You see, the devil will always try to copycat what God does. Even the prophetic today, there's a copycat in the psychic world because they try to tell people's fortune by reading your palm. What is that? That is the devil who saw the prophetic and decided, I will copycat the prophetic and tell people their future. Yeah, he's a copycat. So he copycat the manifestation. All their rods became snakes. And so now Pharaoh is actually saying to Moses, we are even. But then the fight came between the snakes. And you know what happened. The snake of Moses and Aaron swallowed up the snakes of Pharaoh. Now, what is that all about? The, the whole chapter there is a prophetic manifestation of what would have happened on the cross of Calvary thousands of years into the future. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus took the rod, uh, God the Father took his son uh, that sat in his right hand, threw him down on the earth, and he became what? He became a snake. He became sin on a cross. And what happened in three days' time when he went down to the pit of hell? He swallowed up sin. He swallowed up your sickness. He swallowed up cancer. He swallowed up every bloodline curse. And on the third day, come on, the Bible says when the fight was over, Aaron picked up the snake by its tail. And when he picked up the snake by its tail, it became a rod again. On the third day, God the Father came through the Holy Ghost and he picked Jesus out of the tomb. And when he picked him out of the tomb, he was the Son of God and he swallowed up your sickness. And I want to say to you one more time, we are unstoppable. And I want this church to come behind me this week because this is a pivotal week in America. Friday morning is a pivotal week that the, the, the world has challenged the church. The Muslim world has challenged the church. And the church has been fast asleep. But the day has come that we will be like Moses and Aaron and we will say, we have a mandate to preach the gospel. We have a mandate to prophesy. We have a mandate to bring the gospel to the end of the earth and we will be unstoppable and we will be victorious. When Aaron took the rod and all the snakes remember when the fight was over, they had no rods because they arrived at the show with rods. And when Moses and Aaron walked away from the palace, mission completed, they had every snake that comes out of the pit of hell wrapped up in their rod. And Pharaoh 
looked at Moses and probably said to himself, I should never have listened to my daughter. I should never have financed because I have financed my own defeat. I have financed my own humiliation. Can I tell you something? One of the things that's going to happen in these days, there's a wealth coming to America that will blow your mind. There is a wealth coming that you cannot believe. Wow. God's going to release billions, not millions, billions of dollars for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Not, not to have another meeting here and there. God is going to release billions for the gospel. Come on. If you say this morning, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Where does God live? He doesn't live in the Pope, and the Pope gives us portions of God. I don't need to go to the Pope to read my Bible. I read my Bible by myself. Because God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And if you say this morning, with His hand upon me and His life within me, I am unstoppable even in Hebrew Springs. And I pray that even in this area, people will discover these people of authority and mandate living in this region that is planted, being planted here by the Holy Spirit. If you say this morning, I'm unstoppable, stand on your feet, lift your hands, thank you for the praise team. <sighs> Come on. Maybe you're in a storm. And maybe all the signs is there that you will die. You cannot die. You must stand before Caesar. Pray this simple prayer. Just, just repeat it. Say, Lord Jesus, I am so precious to you. That my future appointments with you and the Holy Spirit is similar to Paul's appointment with Caesar. I want you to pray this prayer and I want you to pray.